Before we start the episode, I want to explain to you that this episode will be without music, and that is because of licensing issues. Legal? Legal licensing issues. Songs cost money, typically, and to be able to play these songs during interviews or introductions of bands, it would cost a lot of money legally. And we like to see our artists get paid on top of it, even if it's pennies. They're still getting paid. Parts of pennies. Parts of pennies, for sure. So, if you want to hear this episode in full with all the songs involved, legally, go to your Spotify app, and you can find This Week in Seattle Rock on the Spotify app and hear this episode in its entirety. Or, if you just want to hear our pretty voices, you can go ahead and listen to that, too. Hi. Hi. (laughs) With all that being said, we appreciate you tuning in and listening, and hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to This Week in Seattle Rock's Five Points. Hello and welcome to This Week in Seattle Rock, episode 107, which, as you heard, is a special Five Points episode. For those who are not familiar with that, uh, our five-point episodes is a new series of interviews we do with local people within the Seattle Rock community, and we ask them to bring to us five songs that were touchstones in their life. We will then play those songs, and then we will discuss how they are important to them and what they meant to them in their lives and what memories did they trigger and all that good stuff. Lots of fun, lots of fun. The uh, previous two that we have released... Episode 94 with Martin Reed from the MTR Project. And then episode 99 with Ryan Castle from KISW fame. They're fun to listen to. If you have a chance, we encourage you to go back and listen to those and get to learn a little bit about the people you may have heard of or maybe you know them, but maybe you don't quite know these things about them, which is kind of fun to find out and explore and discover. And within the five-point structure... The artist is not relegated to just rock. They can bring in anything, any genre, any song whatsoever, pop, classical, country. And how can we do this? We can do this because we have an agreement to be a Spotify exclusive podcast wherein we are able to dig into the Spotify gold, all that music they have, and we are legally able to play those songs so as long as it's on Spotify and they bring it into us, we can play it for you. Maybe we'll introduce some new music to you or present to you a different angle of a song presented through the eyes of an artist. Somebody you might know even, or maybe somebody new to you. Tonight on episode 107, we have a friend and endorser of the podcast. How nice is that? It happens to be Jim Clark. He happens to be the lead singer of Virginia Street Revival based out of Everett. And if you have a chance, go take a listen to Virginia Street Revival. They have their album, Pretty Little Mess, which was just released June of this year, in fact, during the COVID. So they did a little work during the COVID era, releasing June 19th, 2021. So encourage you all to, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go ahead and check out Virginia Street Revival. You can hear that on Spotify also. And if you'd like, go to the Bandcamp and support your local rock community Throw some money at the band. I'm sure they would surely appreciate it. So without further ado, uh, you're going to hear me, Marcy, 
and Justin talking to Mr. Jim Clark. And every once in a while, you hear you'll hear a little uh, somebody in the peanut gallery in the back, and that's Eve Clark, Jim's wife, which is fine and fun. Uh, give a listen and enjoy. So, Jim, hi. I heard you're from the East Coast, also. I am. Oh, I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm from Long Island. According to Eve, I'm a country boy. <laughs> because I come from Long Island, and I'm, I was like a mile from the border of Queens and Nassau County. That's that's where I grew huh. up. If you look at Google Earth right now, at the address I grew up on, you'd be like, that's that's not the country. That's like more densely populated than Seattle. <laughs> yeah. But according to where she grew up with, you know, high-rise apartments and all that stuff, we're dominating the landscape. People that giving you... Yeah, and sirens People and walking around, stuff. giving other people piggybacks. Yeah. And I actually had a backyard. Because so many people... <laughs> right, I had a backyard that was like you know twenty by twenty, so I was from the wow, country. That is country. So Long Island. Does that mean you were near the Amityville house? Uh, no, but I've driven past it. I was going to do that when I went up to New York, mm-hmm. but somebody wouldn't let me. So it always freaked me out. I <laughs> wanted to drive. When past I found it. out that was on Long Island, I was like, "What? Yeah. What? <laughs> I had it all freaky. mapped out. Let's when keep I went that to over New there. York. Yeah, <laughs> I, actually, I actually grew up about a mile away from Belmont Racetrack. Mm. Oh, okay. oh so cool. We used to go to horse racing all the oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah, my uh, my Aunt Pat still goes up there every, well, not this year, but as much as she can to go yeah. see the horses. Yeah. She's in Philly, so. That's cool. Is that the one that has all the pet Yeah, possums? my aunt has pets. She lives in inner city Philadelphia in a row house, and she has four possums. They wear clothes and yeah. hats. <laughs> yep. Sweet wow. baby Jesus. She, we when I grew up, we called her Crazy Aunt Pat, and... Yeah. Things have not changed. Nope. I, oh I don't know God. where the conversation goes after that. No, <laughs> right? That, that's like that's that's that conversation that ends with everybody just nodding. Yep. So, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So Long Island, yeah. <laughs> so what brought you out to the Northwest? Uh, it was for a job. I was working at Comp USA. A new store opened up in Portland. And a guy that I was working with was like, hey, let's go to Portland. I'm like, I don't want to live in Maine. And he's like, no, it's in Oregon. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. And I just started dating Eve. We were dating, oh, God, I don't know, like eight months maybe. It was less than a year. We knew each other for a while. Yeah, we knew each other a long time. And I was like, hey, you feel like going to Oregon? She's like, why not? I'm like, okay, cool. And so we... <laughs> I packed up my S10 pickup with everything that I owned. It looked like the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> driving across the country. We thought we were going to die in Colorado or Wyoming. Wyoming, sorry. In Wyoming, there was a huge windstorm. No. So we were coming across. There was like tractor trailers blown off. Wind blown across the, the road. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, God. We drove through there it. in the RV. Oh, God. That was terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. So I did it this last year in my mom's Mustang. No, no, it's different when you have yeah. a high vehicle. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we moved across. It was my S10 pickup and my buddy Ron's uh, 81 Trans Am with T-tops. Nice. That was completely packed full. The only spot that was open was the driver's seat. And that was it. That was it. And we had Radio Shack walkie-talkies that were talking to each other. There you go. Like, hey, there's a, there's a tractor trailer blowing off on the road here. <laughs> I'm right behind you. I see that. You seem to be swerving. I need to pee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, very Terrible. cool. Well, I appreciate you coming into the Stu Stu Studio, sharing the curation of Marcy's art with you. Love it. And uh, sharing your five points mm-hmm. with us. 
five different songs, five different artists. I was supposed to give you five songs. We have a theme going on. Thank you so much for coming in, Jim. So why don't we start with our first song? We might have heard this before. Probably. Uh Uh-oh. That is the opening song on Appetite for Destruction. Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. The song was released as a single in October 1987, months after Appetite came out in July of 87 also. The debut album of Guns N' Roses, it is now currently 18 times platinum. Oh, wow. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) That was the second single off Appetite for Destruction after It's So Easy. And the B-side of that one was Mr. Brownstone. Wait a minute. They released It's So Easy? As the initial signal. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that. Wow. Uh, Side note that Axl Rose wrote the lyrics while visiting a friend in Seattle. It's not about Seattle, but he wrote it while he was in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I got a quote here that says, quoting Axl Rose, quote, yeah, I wrote the words in Seattle, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) That's deep. 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 Yeah. Wow. Wow. I think the undertones of that really, no. (laughs) So where does this uh, song fit in your life, Jim? So I picked this song because my very early musical journey was just following along in my brother's, my oldest brother's footsteps. He was very into new wave, uh, like Erasure, Depeche Mode, Mm. U2 was in there. But he was also into Prince and Michael Jackson and all that stuff, too. So I, I just kind of glommed off of him because he had the whole record collection. He was like the coolest guy I knew mm. when I was a kid and all that stuff. And uh, he was always an ass to me. So it was great. Um, <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I think I first heard that song watching Deadpool, the Dirty Harry movie. Oh. And that's from that's on that soundtrack. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. And I saw that movie, and there was like the part in the warehouse. He's got somebody. I think I'm trying to remember the whole movie now. He's got somebody kidnapped and all this stuff. And you just hear this song playing really loud, and he's the the killer. He's going to kill this guy to the. So and I'm just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Holy crap! This is unlike anything I've ever heard before. And that just it was like a switch. And that was it. It just changed my mind. I'm like, wow, I'm not listening to any of this new wave crap anymore. Yeah. I need this in my yeah, I'm life. I'm going to hang out with the metalheads I'm yeah. in school with now and you know, all the cool kids and all that. So I picked that song because that was the catalyst for like my whole, my own personal music journey now. And it all started with Guns N' Roses and Welcome to the Jungle. That was your right turn yeah. to, towards that highway. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I took I... off the ground trench coat and put on the leather jacket. I like that. <laughs> there it is. That's cool. My experience with that album, I remember I was working on Boeing property, and somebody said, dude, you got to get this album. I'm like, what? Okay, I'll go check it out. <laughs> I, didn't, I hadn't even heard it. I just trusted this guy yeah. I worked with. I was like, fuck. Right? Got a cassette. Cassette, yep. Just, it, I think it got stuck in there. Maybe not. But yeah, it's, it's, you didn't ever take it out or off. Well, I, I think I had to buy that tape like four times because I just wore it out. You couldn't even read it. It was There was nothing on the side. So I'm like, oh, that That's one's Guns N' Roses. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. And you yeah. didn't have to just because you just play and you just, yeah. you're listening to the whole damn album anyways, right? Mm-hmm. God, that's cool. I got that album in Def Leppard Hysteria mm. for Christmas. Mm-hmm. That was the first cassettes I ever got in my life. Wow. <laughs> so Def Leppard also holds a little special place in my heart because my oldest sister 
was really into Def Leppard, but I never really like. We were so far apart in age that I didn't really care. Mm. But <laughs> Pyromania, I was like, oh, oh man, yeah, this is so good. So I was way into Def Leppard too back in the day. I went all the way back and on through the night and all those too. Yeah, oh, loved it. Yeah, yeah now yeah. I don't like them anymore. But. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're on the uh, the casino circuit. Yeah, <laughs> state fairs, <laughs> that, that that kind of stuff. Hey, if they're making money, whatever, whatever, you know, yeah, hey, what, wherever. Making more money than I am, I'm sure. That's for sure. Is anybody making money these days in music? What? Well, Def not Leopard. Washington. Not in Washington. Or California. <laughs> yeah. I'm not judging. Whatever. <laughs> One down, four to go. Let's go on to song number two of Jim's list. Well, if you didn't get the, the title of this song, it's Revolution Calling. Came out as a single in 1988. It was the second of the three singles off Operation Mind Crime or Queen's Reich, which came out in May of 88. Queen's Reich's third album that went platinum. Uh, it was sandwiched between Eyes of a Stranger and I Don't Believe in Love. And unfortunately, Revolution Calling didn't chart at all. Mm. Oh. Oh. But, That's uh, rude. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, when this album came out. It was pretty epic. Oh yeah, I th- yeah. So that was like that album. It's like wow, the concept album that you could have an entire album about one story. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Because of my sisters and my mom and everything growing up, and I uh, went to Catholic school, and they always oh. did a musical every year. So uh, musicals were big in my childhood, my life growing up. And then I'm like, wow, you can have like a rock opera. Yeah. Holy crap, this is awesome. <laughs> wow. And then, so I have two brothers. So my middle brother, I'm the youngest in my family, but my middle brother and I, Queensryche was just, that was our thing. We listened to that mind crime just endlessly. And we mm. watched the videos just endlessly, almost as much as my sister watched Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's just a huge, a huge part of my middle teenage years was that album and that you could make political statements like that too in music was like a real awakening to me going oh wow this is really cool you can sing about deep stuff like this stuff that matters you can tell people things through songs and it just it just opened my mind right ideas and yeah yeah somebody being able to express that through the story through yeah yeah another reason why i picked that song too because that song is just so relevant even today. Sure. Yeah. So uh, it, just to show you that the state of politics in this country hasn't changed. <laughs> right. It hasn't changed. So it the never, power is it never will power. change. It never will. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It's all the same crap. Right. Exactly. It really is. <laughs> I've come down to the point where it's, you know, it's like, ugh, we can't all be happy. Right. And why can't we all be equally miserable? <laughs> I voted for the green M&M. There you go. The green. I'm with you. And that I think that that I mean I don't want to get political. The pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. which means that means somebody else is going to be sad. Complete opposite. Off, mm-hmm. Right? Sad, destitute, whatever. Right. I think that gets lost because we're in a, right now we're in an era of what's mine is mine is what's mine is mine. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. in that instant gratification Mm-hmm. Nothing can happen fast enough. Nobody Me. has patience. Yeah. It's just everything. Just oh, how can it get worse? <laughs> can it get worse? I don't oh, know. Oh, it can. Don't it can get much worse. No, yeah, no, I know. No, no. It could I be. don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to. We know almost either. saw it. I think, but yeah. you know. yeah. Isn't Jeff Tate doing Operation Mind Crime? 
He was touring because... I know he has. Because Jeff Noble was driving their bus across the U.S. for him. Yeah. Uh, I know he was. I don't know how long ago that was. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, I mean, he's kind of hung his hat on doing that on the regular. Mm -hmm. James James Kennedy and System 7, they were supposed to be touring with Jeff Tate in Florida this past year. And that all got canceled. Shit canned. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, I actually know Queensryche was supposed to be touring as well, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think they, they've they've got those regular. They do the cruise ship thing yeah. every once in a while, and then well, yeah, they they have a lot of usually have a lot of shows set up. We know Parker. I mean, but we've oh, run yeah, into right. him. We've run lot. into Parker in random places, whether it be Fred Myers or Home Depot. <laughs> Home Depot. <laughs> Home Depot. <laughs> but they live. Just this way, don't they? I don't know. Uh, they used to I live don't... in West Seattle, as far as I know. I thought they were. I think, but I it was just stuff over. for the Diablo. Diablo guitars. Yeah, and they're moving locations. Yeah, find down, them in Renton, downtown Renton. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glenn's helping them with that. Yep. Open, yeah. Who do you think he was together. with when we yeah. would run yeah. into? Oh, well, that kind of makes <laughs> sense, I guess. Yeah, boy, I, I, I Queen Drag, I lost. See, I got to see them so long ago. Mm. <laughs> they were playing at a roller rink in, in Lake Hills. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. You're you're telling I, they, your age. <laughs> didn't know who they really I mean, I did know who they were, but I didn't know I don't know how to explain it. Then I, I know what you mean. Then I right. caught their EP at the library. Look at that. I'm gonna borrow this. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's Oops. why nobody else could check it out, I right? Still, yes, exactly. I still have that four-song EP on uh, on a record on vinyl. That's <laughs> awesome. That's and the so library cool. doesn't. And the library don't. Right. He took that knowledge from a lot of other people. Yeah, you know, I, oh, you yeah. son of a bitch. I suck. But same I, way you were kind of saying, it's like the first time I saw them. Someone else bought the ticket for me. Okay. And I'm like, okay, Queen's Rank, it sounds familiar. And oh. then it turns out I know absolutely every freaking song <laughs> that they're playing. I'm like, how do I know all the songs? <laughs> I also saw them open for Dio at the Paramount. Oh, wow. Totally oh, forgot about that. God wow. rest his soul. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Rock and Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie James. Yep. God, God. Now I guess I've seen him three times. I totally forgot about that. Oh, and that. <laughs> You were at that show that I was talking about, mm-hmm. Showbox. Mm-hmm. That was the second time I've been to the Showbox. And then the second time I saw him. Snohomish. You were uh, up there too? Yep. Tiger Bob gave me the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody Thanks, gave Tiger me Bob. tickets. Sad face. I remember taking the bus from Renton to Lake Hills and the bus from Renton to the Paramount. Wow. That was before I was driving, I think. I think. Oh, maybe I didn't they have had car. cars back then? Yeah. <laughs> They're like you had they're, a, they're like those, Flintstone. They're like yeah, those was no floor. You had to use your feet. Slap, 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 slap. Quick, Bonnie, <laughs> Hoppy, stop the car. <laughs> so funny. Too much fun. So let's go into song number three. Surprise. Well, I just felt like my ass just got kicked by Megadeth. That song was it's Wake it. Up Dead, released as a single in 1987. Off of Peace Sells, But Who's Buying, which was released September of 86. Megadeth's second album? I think it well, might be uh, a third yeah, album, I think. Yeah. Second or third? I can't remember. Yeah, I went platinum. This one this one is a cool album. I'm not really a Megadeth fan, <laughs> but I listened to about half the album. Fucking cool. Um, opening song on the album did not chart as a single. 
What? But Dave Mustaine wrote this song, Wake Up Dead. It was written about him cheating on a girl with whom he was living. He stayed with her because he was homeless at the time and needed a place to stay. (laughs) Hmm, Sounds familiar. I don't know. What a man whore. Exactly. Unfortunately, he was in love with the other girl and thought the one he lived with would be mad because he was cheating on her. Why would he think that? Maybe if he would open his mouth and tell her how he really felt. (laughs) He had had to leave because he had to leave because he thought she had intentions to kill him. So, hen- hence the title, Wake Up Dead. Probably did. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. I didn't know the backstory that of the song. That's funny. <laughs> so, hey, this is in your wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess I picked that song. You did. Huh? Okay. <laughs> so, I mostly picked that song because I remember the video that was played endlessly on Headbangers Ball. Oh, really? For that, during that really chugging part, there's everyone's beating against this chain link fence that's surrounding the band to get to the band, and they tear down the thing. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of power. But that song was pretty much my introduction into thrash metal. Mm. Yep. And that's where I fell in love with it. I'm like, holy crap, wow. So now I have this, this new rock and roll kind of stuff that's just really like aggressive and, and makes me feel stuff. And now I got this stuff. It's like, wow, it's a place to channel my anger. This is amazing. And I just fell in love with Megadeth and then just went back through everything that they had after I heard that song and just fell in love. And Megadeth and, and Metallica, are, they trade places in mm. my mind. as my favorite band. Yeah. And I, I can't pick either one. And it's like I kind of wish that I lived in that alternate universe that Dave Mustaine is still in Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> just to know what that sounded like. You know? uh, it would be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very what cool. they would have evolved into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be would interesting. interesting. Yeah. It would have been cool to see the big three back in the day. <sighs> the old school shows. Right. People are dying. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it was the Clash of the Titans tour. It was uh, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Yeah. Wow. And oddly enough, on Long Island, Allison Chains opened for him. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, who Everybody is this band? I had no idea who Allison Chains was yeah, at sure. the time. And then the. Very next day, I went to Tower Records and bought uh, Facelift. Facelift. I was like, holy crap, these guys are amazing. <laughs> so that was my introduction to Seattle grunge That's rock and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures, or either not pictures, no. It was, I think, reading that they had opened for yeah. Anthrax. I thought it was Anthrax mm-hmm. that they were associated with, with well, they, what I read. They, they traded headliners depending on where they were playing okay. and stuff. So being that it was New York, Anthrax is a New York band. Yep. Yeah, Anthrax oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The night yep. that I saw them, yeah. Wow. That's- I love thrash metal too. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. I like old school yeah. thrash metal, like all that stuff. It's the genre I just yeah. could, I, I haven't seen, I didn't get into. I've seen I mean, Anthrax. I've seen Slayer. I've seen Exodus. I've seen this Metallica. This but I'm just trying to think of all the slash bear, you know. Oh, really? What song are you going to play next? <laughs> no, I'm agreeing with you. Like it means something yeah. to me too. Yeah, it's just it was it was just a place for all that teen angst and anger, yeah. and just I didn't know what to do with all that stuff. And like, oh, here's some music I can just. And hit, then on the East Coast just, as well. Yeah, I can yeah. just smack around into other people. This is yeah. awesome. This is so cool. It's just yep. a place to channel all of that. I think the extent of my thrash would. I don't know if I can even call it thrash. It would be Metallica, mm-hmm. and that's probably yeah. would be the extent. 
I mean, I, I call them uh, thrash back in the day. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah early kill them all and uh, yeah. ride the lightning and stuff. Black album kind of deviated. <laughs> you mean the pop album? Yeah, anyway. the pop album. <laughs> no comment. You guys don't even want to know my first mosh pit experience. Danzig. Now we do. <laughs> oh, oh my god, god. Is Danzig! Oh boy! Danzig. Wow, Danzig. <laughs> But everyone's going to think of Mother right now, but yeah, I instantly no. think of Twist a Cane. That's well, my favorite. You know, it's funny. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I think I was like 16. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to mosh. I'm going to do this. And then this huge guy starts like doing his feet at me like a like he's about to charge. You're like, oh my god, oh my god. I'm out. And somebody snatched me out of the way. He's like, yep. you don't want to do that. I'm like, oh okay. And then somebody decided to crowd surf. And the guy didn't want to crowd surf, so he just reached and grabbed, and there went my hair. Yep. Oh, nice. <laughs> and Doc that's all Martin's I remember everywhere. about that concert. <laughs> I, uh, I saw Danzig open up for Metallica, and I had like second row seats. It was uh, this place called Jones Beach Amphitheater on Long Island. Not a very big venue, but it was outside, and it was right on the water. It was really cool. Like the bands had to take a boat to the backstage area. <laughs> nice. Cool. It was really cool. But anyway, so Glenn Danzig comes out. And I'm like, that dude's like four foot tall. Yeah. Oh my God, he's tiny. I'm he's like, what el- the hell? He's an elfin man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I had no idea before that. I was like, wow, he's small. Makes you feel <laughs> differently about right? when I I met Ray Mysterio, the wrestler, and I was like all about Ray Mysterio, and I met him, and I'm like, <laughs> and down. I'm really short. I'm just like, <laughs> my hair is bigger than you. How you doing there, little guy? <laughs> Does your mommy know you're out? <laughs> Oh, are we heightists? Is that what we're being? We're being heightists. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. I love all you guys. (laughs) So we're chugging along. Hey, let's go to song number four. 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 Another song I was not familiar with. That was Be All End All from Anthrax off their State of Euphoria album, which was released September 88th, Anthrax's fourth album. It did go gold. I heard this album from reviews was kind of a drop-off from previous album, but I'm not to judge because I'm not really in-depth with Anthrax. I can't tell you what half the... Well, never mind. I was going to say, there's one song that I don't think got as much play that I really love, and I can't even tell you the album, but yeah, I can. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I said that, and I'm like, oh, no. No, that's Sound White Noise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned getting into the thrash a little bit, so this kind of fits that era and that time. I had a hard time picking what Anthrax song I was going to go with, (laughs) and... Because I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? Do I go old school? Do I go new? Do I, I, I didn't know because I just, I love it all, but that was the one that got me. So that's the one that, that introduced me to Anthrax. We would go to Tower Records on a Friday night after my buddy would get his allowance. He was kind of a rich kid and he'd have like a hundred bucks to spend on CDs. And, and he would just buy stuff that like we never heard of before. He's like, oh, this album cover looks cool. Whatever. So he brings home Anthrax one night and we're listening to that and we just hear the violins and we're like, what the? I mean, we kind of knew Anthrax before that, but we're like, what the fuck is this? And then it just comes in, and we're like, holy crap, this is awesome. (laughs) And so I picked that song because it was in my my introduction to Anthrax. And then I just went back and bought everything I could find. Just everything. (laughs) Isn't it funny how that happens? I did did that with Chili Peppers back in the day. I would have left them on the shelf. Agreed. (laughs) 
When I was in junior high, Fleece I cool. was all about that. Yeah. And yeah, then after right. yeah. after uh, blood sugar sex magic, I was just like, eh. Me. Me. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, America. <laughs> that, that's just mean. <laughs> that's just wrong so altogether. Definitely noticed a theme going on with uh, the top four so far. Oh, yeah. Along those lines, come on. Yeah, I like it. Oh, wrong wrong that. His we emotions some, are a little different than his wife's. It's not going to change much to the last song. <laughs> I'm not, not complaining at all. <laughs> when I need love. So the next song is by Leo Slayer. <laughs> Leo Slayer. Leo Slayer. Leo Slayer. <laughs> when I need love. <laughs> is it Leo or L- Lenora? So this is why Celine Dion means so much to me. <laughs> so when I first saw Titanic, I heard that song. Blew me away. <laughs> the heart will go on. <laughs> My there was room for him all that door. <laughs> damn room. <laughs> My knowledge of Anthrax was pretty limited to uh, I'm the Man EP, which, you know, Anthrax rapping, that's kind of cool. And also they did the uh, Bring the Noise. Yeah. With Public Enemy, yeah. which was yep. fun. Which is cool. When I saw them on the Clash of the Titans tour and they headlined, and since they were in New York, for their encore, they brought out all the bands, but they brought out Chuck D and oh, they, they so did cool. bring the noise live. Nice. I was like, oh, it's so awesome. It was oh, so cool. So little amazing. Little Flavor Flav, a little Chuck D yeah. in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. It was very cool. I, that's, I'll tell you what, that's Fear of a Black Planet is one of my favorite albums. Mm. Uh, Public Enemy, just such a good album. Um, not in my wheelhouse whatsoever, but it's, as far as right? listening to an album, it's just so, such an easy listen. Yeah. So good. Tell the areas where everybody's from, the quality of music that you have, the different type of music. Like I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, the really cool concert I got to see that was unexpected was Molly Hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like he played. They played at they played a charity at the high school. Wow, a charity at the yeah. high school. Yeah. Well, one of my kids' classmates was kidnapped and unfortunately murdered. God. And they did wow. a benefit for the family, and like Red Jumpsuit Apparatus was there, and Molly Hatchet and some other bands, because they're all from the area. Did Molly Hatchet make the parents feel better that their child was dead now? <laughs> 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 no, they gave <laughs> they gave wow. them money. <laughs> wow. Who said that? <laughs> it got really dark. Oh, man. You're you know, horrible my, people. Uh, speaking of Molly Hatchet, my my neighbor, we have a neighbor who uh, has a huge, huge record collection. And every now and then he'll bring over like five and be like, here, you guys might be interested in these. Mm. And most of the time we're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> but he brought over an old Molly Hatchet album and I put it on. I'm like, oh, these guys are actually pretty good. Yeah, most definitely. Wait, they sing more than just flirting with disaster? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. I didn't right. know that. I did not know that. <laughs> They are a good listener. They were to one for sure. hit. No. Well, actually, they were. They but, were. But, but yeah. they had some good tunes. Uh, that good old Southern Rock. This is our last song, number five. Not Southern Rock. No. <laughs> because he's not from Florida. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. That was Orion from Metallica off the Master of Puppets album, which released March of 86. Third full album from Metallica at that time. That album's gone six times platinum. Is that all? That's all. That's all. (laughs) Uh, Written by Cliff Burton, James Hetford, and Lars Ulrich. 
Cliff is the uh, what's that? You said it wrong. Did yeah. I say so we're all laughing Hetfield. at you? Oh, okay. Hetford. James Hetford, written by Cliff <laughs> Burton, and James name. Hetfield. James Hetfield. <laughs> there you go. And I think the song. Let's see. Was it the? I think it's the only song Cliff was get the lead writing credit to. Ooh. This was mm-hmm. his, and he had brought it from a previous band, I guess, at least part of it. That was kind of the origin of the song. Mm. Kind of fun. I also have a note here that was noted that this was actually going to be part of the song Welcome Home Sanitarium. Mm. Really? Yes. At one time. At one time. At one time. You know, things evolve and change. That's a fun (laughs) part about doing these songs. You give him your list and he goes and finds stuff. (laughs) You're just like, no shit. Really? I have no idea. I know. A lot of times I'm just like. Oh, yeah. I'm well, here you to go. participate. In 2015, Master and Puppets became the first metal recording to be selected by the Library of Congress yes. for preservation nice. in a national recording registry for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Wow. Nice. It looks nice, evidently. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Nice colors on the cover. <laughs> so we have a, a relatively uh, thrashy theme uh, this uh, show which is not a bad thing whatsoever mm-hmm. where does this lie in your uh, life I mean of- I had to put a Metallica song in there because you wouldn't like, feel right yeah like I said before it's like Megadeth Metallica just trade places man but Metallica always edges out just a little bit yep. just because of the library of material you know mm-hmm. Except those albums that we shall not speak of. But, <laughs> but that song I, I had to pick, that's my favorite Metallica song. Hands down, that is my favorite Metallica song. And that song just screams Cliff to me. Yes. And uh, Metallica without Cliff Burton, I'm just like, it's never the same again. It's, uh, Injustice for All is an amazing album, amazing album. But I always think, what would that have sounded like with Cliff? With bass. In it. Yeah, and it's just... Uh, so. <laughs> I had to pick, that's my favorite band, uh, my favorite album, mm. and my favorite song on that album uh, with Cliff Burton. And it's just, he's my favorite musician, I say at times. And Eve bought me a bass for like my 29th birthday or something like that. Mm. And it was just strictly because of Cliff Burton. Mm. I'm like, mm, I want to play bass for I Cliff Burton. I bought one for his 29th birthday. And I don't play bass. <laughs> I never learned how to play. Sorry, Cliff. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's like, so it's just funny. My band the other day, uh, somebody mentioned something about, oh, what about putting a wah pedal on the bass? What would that sound like? And I just said instantly, Cliff Burton. Yeah, <laughs> like, what exactly. would that sound like? It's, right. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, uh, Master of Puppets was heavy in my rotation at that time, and you hear that Cliff died in a bus accident. Well, shit, then, then you learn later that it was the bus accident accident back on yeah. to on him oh yeah. my god but uh it was like yeah what the hell are they gonna do now right they're done yeah they're done done i won't say they were ever quite the same for sure ep kind of helped me because it was kind of mm-hmm. garage days re-revisited mm-hmm. which was fun boy I, I just remember that 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 weird gappy uh, it's not i don't want to say it, it wasn't my loss i was just dumbfounded i guess because couldn't believe like there's no way right there's no way they're surviving this right. i don't know how right. to explain it it's like acdc replacing bon scott you're like how oh, how are they yeah. ever gonna and look at him i'm like whoa well they turned that they're around they didn't they? Ever were. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's 
like saying Dave Grohl is not going to go anywhere now. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, Never mind. No, he's done. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah, we had uh, some Metallica, Met- Anthrax, Megadeth, Queensryche, some Guns N' Roses. I think that's a nice pocket of 1980s. I, I know as you're reading the, rock, the names, thrash. reading the, the years that the albums were released, I'm like, wow, I've got a pretty close, <laughs> little narrow band. <laughs> yeah, you got a pocket that I picked there. in there. But you know, it's a point of discovery. And it's like, you're not right. going to discover Metallica and then 10 years later discover Anthrax. That's impossible. Right. You discover one and it kind of leads to the other, right? 1986, I was 13. So that's why all these songs are right there. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm discovering lots of things in my life. oh so great man jim thank you for sharing everything with us hope everything with uh virginia street revivals going forward how's everything going for you guys good recording good uh we are recording and actually i'll just say i almost picked leper messiah from uh master puppet either because of my band virginia street revival and what we're all about and our whole gimmick that we're going with (laughs) but uh yeah, we're doing good. We're uh, we're recording almost there, almost there to release some material and whatnot. We've put some stuff on YouTube, but nothing's on Spotify yet. Though I keep trying to convince people that it should be. You have a YouTube page, then? <laughs> uh, yeah, we do have a YouTube page. There's a couple of lyric videos up on there of some stuff that we've got finished and. We have some older material that the songs were written before I got there when it was still Rev 3 and Eve was mm-hmm. in the band. And so there's some songs that we're doing that these guys have been performing for 12 years now or whatever. Mm. But I'm really digging the new stuff that we're doing. That's cool. Oh, and it's amazing. It's going, surprisingly, a little more thrash. <laughs> but, I would have you know, never yeah. guessed. That's yeah, interesting. It's a, little, it's a little weird how that huh. works. So, we'll yeah. see where that rolls. Yeah, yeah. It's getting a little harder, a little heavier. Huh. And I'm digging it. The evolution. Finding your pocket. Exciting stuff to coming down the pipe. There you That's go. All. Hopefully we can get this out before. Oh, yeah. It might not be a secret anymore. release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Never mind. But uh, we'll do our best for sure. We have a question. Who do you suggest we interview? And you can't say Eve. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only time he ever talks on the podcast. This is no. his, this is his right. line. All right. Well. I mean, she already said Tony Abreu, mm-hmm. I think he would be a really good guest. He'd be really fun to talk to. I'm just trying to think of the people that I know that talk a lot and like to talk. And the first person that pops into my head is James Kennedy. I think he might be a pretty interesting pick. He's, he is a talker, so plan on being here for a few hours. Love you, James. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I'll take the next day off. <laughs> yeah, but I, and he's, he's amazing. I, I, I love James. I, I love System 7. All oh, those yeah. guys are amazing. Right? Yeah. But he's such a super interesting dude to talk to. Yeah, he's, he's fun. Has so much experience, just life experience. Very cool. World traveler. So. World yeah. traveler for sure. I'll throw his name in there. Yeah. We'll give him a call. I mean, the worst you can say is no. He's been to. Uh, he could say hell it? no. Yeah, uh, that would be good. worse than just no. The only person I've ever known that's gone to a nuclear wasteland. He's radioactive. Right. Yeah, he is radioactive. Yeah. Cool, interesting what? fact. He went to Chernobyl. Yeah. 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 So cool fact about that: the camera that he shot Chernobyl with, mm-hmm. I now own. Oh, cool! That's kind of cool. So, we. does it glow? Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're sharing that. That's ours. We. We. <laughs> Yeah. All right. We own it. Sorry. Tick 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 tick. 
take the Geiger counter to yeah. it. Yeah. 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 like, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in, Jim. Appreciate you. Me. Love you very much. Good and look times. forward for some uh look forward to some more Virginia Street revival for yeah, sure. Yeah. Me too. You got me excited. Word. Whoop whoop. <laughs> whoop whoop. How fun was that? We want to thank Jim Clark for coming in and Eve Clark for chiming in in the background. We appreciate you too, Eve. They are a power duo in the rock community. <laughs> uh, and like I said, uh, when I opened up the show, if you want to check out Virginia Street Revival, check out their album, Pretty Little Mess, on Spotify, and you can make purchases on Bandcamp. I'm sure Virginia Street Revival would appreciate it. We want to thank you for listening and keep your ears peeled for our Loud and Locals specials that we uh, record to support KISW's Loud and Local artists. And then, of course, our regular uh, new release shows that happen on the regular. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. I'm your host, Christopher Walken.